My name is Chris Little. I am the host of the Lifestyle Chase Podcast. This is Season 5. Alright, so welcome back to the Lifestyle Chase Podcast. And every single time, I think for the last like 12 months, I've been like, it's been a long time since I've had a podcast. <laughs> and I think at this point, it's just going to be like, I'll do one a month. Maybe I'll do a solo one here and there. And like, honestly, the, the podcast has helped me so much in my career and just my life and personal life, professional life, that it's not going anywhere. I just get busy sometimes. But I'm bringing a audience favorite back to the show. And I say audience favorite because I give them a shout out every single thing that I go on and nobody gets sick of it. So Dean Perfect. Guido is back on the show. Welcome, Dean. How are you doing today? Good. Good to be back. I think like um, we have to do like our annual catch up uh, mm. on on the internet, um, even though we live in the same city. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm on, I don't even know if I'm a crowd favorite, but I'm glad you bring me up because um, then uh, if you give me a shout out, I'll listen to it because I have to like clear my name. Yeah. <laughs> well, you better give me a prop, Chris. I, mean, I don't even know what I, I don't even know what you give me props for, but I'm glad, I'm glad you, you do. It's, it's, it's nice. Nice gesture. It's usually because we go back a long ways or because of something yeah. that you suggested I do lately. It's been because of jujitsu. So every time I say jujitsu, yeah. I say Dean. Um, okay, but that's been working out. I'll take credit for that one. I will take Pardon credit me? for that one. I, I'll take credit for jujitsu. I can't take credit for the other ones, but I was like, Chris, you better fucking do jujitsu. You you love it, and then <laughs> and then you did. So, yeah, um, I, I, I definitely take credit for that. Everything else is is mostly all you. I think. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so first and foremost, I wanted to highlight that uh, I think a few months ago we actually had the chance to go and do jujitsu at the same jujitsu place. That was pretty cool. So if anybody is yeah. listening to this and they have jujitsu friends and they're doing jujitsu at different places, go to the same place at least once. Cause yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. And like, I don't, I, we're both pretty new to it. Like you were like asking me, what's the norm for jujitsu communities. I'm like, I don't know, because like I've heard different things from different people and like, I've actually heard this, like it's different everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's kind of just gotta, it's a weird learning curve to figure it out, but I think it's like fine, but like, I don't really know the answer. I just stay at my gym because it's close and I love them. Yeah. And, but like, I don't know, like, I don't, it's, it's like a weird thing. Like it, it's just weird. Jiu-Jitsu is weird all the way around. <laughs> My thing is emergency backup plan is find somebody's basement and then you're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, when... That was COVID. That was actually COVID. <laughs> there were <laughs> emergency plans. When uh, Jeb comes to town, uh, if I can finagle my way into wherever he's at. Well, he's going to be good. at my gym. <laughs> Pardon me? So don't take don't take him. He's going to be in my gym, but he's, he's actually going to stay at my house. So okay. Anyone's well, listening, if I can Jeb sneak is, into your gym while he's there, maybe I might. Yeah. yeah we'll have to see if we can negotiate that. I'm going to, he's, well, he's going to go to, he's going to go train. I, cause I think he's staying for a little bit long. I think he, I think we're going to do him. I don't know what we're doing, but fair enough. Evolve, evolve strength seminar. He's coming yeah. down. Yeah. Take him to see some mountains and stuff. Yeah, I, that, I was like, "There's, it's hard to sell for anyone like listening. We're in Edmonton. Like, there's no, not that there's nothing in Edmonton, but there's kind of nothing. Like, there's there's no selling feature. Um, the selling feature is like, hey, did you you know the Rocky Mountains? Everyone knows the Rocky Mountains. It's like I don't know if it's like a wonder of the world, but it's like 
most people don't actually understand like what they are and it's like crazy and we don't live that far away from them so it's like we can do this in three hours so it's like edmonton is good because it's proximity to mountains but we don't tell them about calgary who's there their proximity is closer but calgary sucks so we we don't talk about calgary um <laughs> just edmonton and, and um, so you've been diving into the rocking thing and you got your new website going uh yeah. let's talk about that real quick yeah i think like what do you want to know I, it's tough because we've had like two podcasts and like pushed high flux and we push walking i think rocking is just i've always i don't want to say i've always been into it but like i've kind of looked into it in its application to what and like you're wearing a weighted vest we talk like weighted vest is kind of in a similar i guess category but my biggest thing with rocking was how do I get a solution to most people's excuses about getting more movement and overall trying to lose fat without eating less food um, is that kind of messaging with the, the high flux stuff that I do. But it was rocking ended up being the natural or weight of vest work, the natural kind of progression to how do you get the most out of the thing I'm telling people to get all, all, all already and also combating their bullshit excuses for time. So, well, you don't have time. Well, you can get more out of your time. Just throw some weight out on it. That's how it kind of, how I'm introducing it. Obviously it's there. There's more to the story than that, but I think as a simple story, I think that's enough. Uh, you can get more out of the thing you're already doing without any mental effort other than having to go research. How do I get weight on myself? Which again, for anyone with a brain, it's not that difficult. Uh, get a backpack, throw some weight in it but you need weights. No, you just need a water bottle or a big water bottle or sand or rocks or weights or a weighted vest or something like a, a baby. Like I have a baby, like a kid, just 29 pounds. I have a backpack that the baby goes on. I'm rocking. And so it's mm -hmm. kind of, I'm trying to get rid of everyone's um, excuses with that. And I think that it's a good, it's a good, um, good example of one that can kind of kill multiple birds with one stone. And, and <laughs> Well, like the thing that I like is that because I've known you for, I don't know, like six, seven years, five years, something like that, probably six or seven. Yeah, it's been a while. And every time you put out something like a thought that you have or a process that you want to promote, you're actually out there doing it, yeah. which doesn't always happen. And then the the reason why it's something that I like to kind of like latch on to is because it's something that I can actually use with my clients. Like I have a lot mm -hmm. of clients who are super, super busy, but they have very specific goals. And so if I give them like a process that will work and it might be unorthodox or it might not be what somebody else had told them, um, that's actually pretty solid. So an example that I have is I just started with a client out of uh, New Jersey and she's super busy, just finished up uh, education. I think she's going to be a doctor. And yeah. she wants to lose some weight, get a bit leaner, but she wants to do it in a fairly short time span. And we just were focusing on increasing protein and getting at least 10,000 steps per day um, mm -hmm. in addition to her strength training. Um, and it seems simple, but if somebody actually executes on it, it's pretty like it, it is actually really, really effective. And yeah. so far over the past couple of weeks, she has been nailing it every single day. Um, and it's just like when we can actually come up with solutions that people can grasp onto instead of like coming up with all these fads that aren't really sustainable or coming up with things that 
might not actually even be realistic. I think that's a big thing. And just even promoting walking in general uh, is more important than ever because of just general society and our sedentary behaviors and aging populations and stuff like people getting older and just not moving yeah. uh, is a problem. I think I made a post about that just recently. Like it's like, they have research on this, but it's like, does the, the old, the old message was as you age, your metabolism changes. Like, and, and basically you need less to do the same thing, which more or less is true, but it's to the extent was very marginal. It's like, we're talking like a percentage, which if you, if you want to equate it to calories, it's like, fuck all. That's, that's, that's what the study said. It's like, you don't actually burn that much less. You might, um, lose a little bit of muscle that's known, but like what, if you do the math on, Hey, what's my life when I'm in the twenties to thirties to forties, we're kind of in the middle there. Well, things change and this kind of what it kind of came down to. And, and things change into the sense that you're doing a lot less. The second you graduate college or whatever your choice is, you end up getting a job and most jobs revolve around sitting and they don't revolve around exercise and then you exercise but the, the the cumulative effect of how much you do ends up just being less and less over time and you end up eating more over time because you have more money like when i was 20 i didn't eat very many calories because i had no money and so like there's, there's just all these things that are correlated but it's it's it ends up just being you just don't do that much and you eat too much food and like and that's a horrible way of looking at it but it's like that's where the lifestyle cycle ends up getting to and it doesn't have to be that way. It's kind of the overall kind of message we're trying to sell is like, it's not a complete overhaul. It's a few things. And if you, if you pick a few high leverage items, I think you can make big results. Yeah, they're, they're, they're somewhat big changes, but they're only big changes because they work and they're high leverage. It's actually not that much time really to just go walk a little bit more and eat more protein. It's really not. It's just a matter of figuring out how to kind of get the work. And my messaging just gets involved. And I know you're in the training and stuff, but it's for me, it's less about the training um, because it just doesn't do enough for most people's fat loss goals as opposed to the walking. And then how do I make walking better? Do I think everyone should train? Hell yeah. Like fucking go train. And so, yeah, that's kind of where my thought process goes with that is, is again, there's a lot of things that happen, but I think we can, there, there you have a choice and the choice actually isn't as crazy as you think. It's not eat nothing or eat chicken and, and fish and, and rice and some vegetables and you'll solve all the world's problems. I do think that you could walk a lot of those problems away though. Mm. Well, like as I reflect on, cause like a lot of the people that I'm surrounded by are getting into their older age. Cause I have older parents mm. um, and then all of their family and friends are, are older. And so mm. you're kind of like witnessing the outcomes of, of different lifestyles or you're witnessing the mm. different like uh, social stress and social environment mm -hmm. uh and it's just so different because people are more and more open to the insights around strength training and activity because they mm -hmm. don't want to lose all their abilities and it's just like instead of just preaching about it on the internet it's like super super real so when i have discussions with my parents we tend to basically talk about keeping their energy balance as high as they can for as long as they can. And it's not that I'm a drill sergeant out there telling them to do all these strength workouts. It's mostly that they have their list of things that they're going to do throughout the day. Sometimes it's kind of like maintaining the yard and taking care, care of the property, maybe doing some volunteering. 
and sometimes it's going out and taking pictures of birds but getting lots of steps while they're at it mm -hmm. because it's like as soon as they slow down with that like it the basically their quality of life has the potential to deteriorate very very quickly based on the age bracket that they're in and so because yeah, of that like really like key point i i tend to uh get pretty vocal about that stuff and then even just like when it comes to you talked about how people will go through their education path they'll get into their career and then there really is no need to do really like recreational walking or activities especially if you got your family you're all settled down you've checked all your boxes you don't need to hustle to pay bills you're good but like even if they are at like even if they are appearing as fit they're content um mm -hmm. walking can be such a benefit to their mental health just kind of increasing the amount of movement that they do in a day maybe it's a reason to increase their calories um so it's just like there's so many different scenarios where walking would change a person's life um and so the more education that we can push on it the better especially just because like so many people talk about their struggles with mental health but then when i take a step back and i think about how my own life changes when i'm more active versus when i'm less yeah. active I'm like let's just push activity and you, you brought up a key point which i think like is a concept that i've kind of grasped onto that kind of ties all this in together it's like you don't need to do anything like we've created a situation um we're so like as a society we're so good at not needing stuff i don't need to especially now like the last like and we're talking about COVID, but since COVID, I don't have to, I don't have to go get groceries. I can order in from any restaurant I want. I can go, like, I can, I can, Amazon just went, like, I, I order everything on Amazon. I don't need to do anything. I don't even need to leave my house. I probably don't even need to really leave my office. And I think that we've kind of figured out a way to not need anything to the point where now it's a problem. Cause it's not a problem unless it's a problem, but the problem now comes up in a lot of my goals or longevity or my disease risk or my fat loss, all that stuff kind of goes up the second we kind of lose the physicality in our life. And, and really we've just figured out a way not to do that, which is created this like weird problem. We don't need to. And now I think we need to un not necessarily undo that, but figure out a way to, to, I guess, build in, now would be uncomfortable or against the grain because it wasn't against the grain to go walk a grocery store or walk to this place or go for a walk or do physical activity or get out and go do stuff like that just wasn't a thing and now it's a thing so now it's almost like against the grain but i think if you just start undoing a lot of our conveniences and get a little bit more inconvenient a lot of those problems tend to go away and it, the step count thing ends up being a proxy for that but like it, it's, it's real. Like, and, and it sucks. Like, I don't, I like ordering stuff in. It's only nicer. But like the second I start doing that, I don't know if I necessarily feel worse, but I kind of do like, like when my step counts up, I feel way better. And there's only a few ways to get that up. And they mostly involve moving. <laughs> yeah. Well, like for, for myself, I was almost my own case study during the pandemic because mm -hmm like everything got delivered and it was almost you weren't even allowed to pick it up at the yeah. place. So I got lots of stuff delivered. And when I had COVID for like 10 days or whatever, like I, I had to get my groceries delivered. Like as far as I was concerned, there was no other option. And that kind of gave me 
firsthand perspective of how easy it is to just not move at all. And like, I'd see my step count, like there'd be days I get like 112 steps just going to the bathroom. Yeah. And it's, it's horrible. And so like what I learned from that experience was how important it is to kind of like for myself, like everybody's structure is going to look different. So then I'm going to unpack what structure looked like for me. So structure for me was basically, I needed to create an environment for myself that if like a physical location was closed, regardless of reason, I could still do the things that I'm most likely to do to stay active. And so I'm most likely to, at the time I was really enjoying going on the air bike for a bit and just mm -hmm. doing some stuff with some heavy dumbbells. And so I got an echo bike and I got some adjustable dumbbells. And so then it allowed me that if I never left my place, um, that I would at least get some activity. But I found as time went on, that really wasn't enough. So I started to kind of make like weird little rules. Like if I was going to go to a place, I had to walk there. And so there's mm -hmm. one time when I got my tires changed. And for the first time ever, I've lived in this area for like 10 years or something. I walked home from the tire shop and then I walked back to the tire shop to pick up my car again. Um, it was just such a like it was insightful because a Edmonton sucks to walk around, but B it's possible. You just have to get creative and walk over some train tracks and stuff. <laughs> but um, nonetheless, it was just, it was a powerful experience for me because I actually experienced it from the perspective of somebody that I would be coaching because I had to kind of like figure out what worked for me and really mm -hmm. accept how easy it is to slip and get kind of complacent with movement or take the easy path. But I, I hated the outcome of a lack of movement and I loved the, the outcome of an abundance of movement. It's and... not even a slip. That's the crazy thing. It's like, it's normal. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like these things are made to make our life easier. And it's like, you're going to get like, why wouldn't you do that? And the reason is, is cause it's too, we're now it's too easy now, it's just too easy. And then, it's like, it's not a slip. It's like, we're, we're designed to do that. We're, but we've, we've almost, we're too good at it. <laughs> we have to be less good. Like we're too good at making things easy and we have to uh, yeah. become less competent at making things easy. Yeah, or more competent at making things harder, <laughs> which is like yeah. generally like frowned upon. Like, like you, you, you have to learn, you have to do it. Like you're making everything so hard. It's like, yeah. Like it's almost like switching this. Yeah. I'm going to make everything harder. I'm going to be that person who is like, who, who, who makes things harder. And like, it seems like crazy, but like, I think we're at that point it, like, for real. Well, I'll give a little shout out to compound performance. Cause when I took their mentorship and I did their AMRAP program, that was like a really yeah. good example for me to kind of experience being able to express effort just mm -hmm. like quantifiably working hard in mm -hmm. strength training because you basically you got out what you put in and so mm -hmm. whether it was like the uh the five minute mile or or not mile but going and doing like the echo bike and seeing how fast you could get through two miles seeing how fast you could get through four miles things like that going and doing the amrap on the trap bar seeing the progress through single leg movement um, and just seeing like how my body reacted and then how my body reacted the next week and just really understanding what it was like to actually work hard 
And then that's, I feel like I could carry that over to how I set things up for my clients. Like I started to look at what I was setting my clients up with from an exercise selection standpoint, just to basically get them the most volume that I could. So if they really just didn't like an exercise or they were struggling with an exercise, I would, I would pivot more quickly to, to get them being able to lift more, but also checking with them to make sure that they are actually enjoying their time. And mm-hmm. usually when they've worked pretty hard, like they're feeling pretty fired up. Um, they're feeling motivated because of how strong they are and it works out quite well, but it's just, it's crazy because I had to have that experience to understand like how valuable having an outlet to express effort was. But because I had that, I knew that if I did jujitsu, like that's just like a never ending black hole of like, you can have effort until you die. Like you're always going to have to work your ass off in that sport. And so that's why I personally, like I get a lot out of it for multitude of reasons, but that's one of them because when I need to like work so hard that I can't worry about things that don't matter, that's place. <laughs> well, that's why like, even at the end of my, my training career, so to speak, I, I do it a little bit now at the gym, at the jujitsu gym I work at. Um, but like the density training, which is very similar to the AMRAP program was like, how many reps can you get in a certain time block? And then the goal over the weeks was instead of like upping weight, have a threshold that if you pass 40 reps in whatever, 15 minutes, then you would add weight. But I think it all it does is highlight how much more we have to give than we have been given. given. And the, the rule structure of that AMRAP or however you want to look at it, especially if you, not even if you dog it, but you'll just kind of see over time that there's just, you're capable of much more. And I think that that's where the, the walking thing is, is the same thing. And, and however you get that feeling I think is, is invaluable because I think a lot of people limit themselves or they, they just don't, they're ignorant to their own abilities. And there's a few things in this world that can get that. that those are like the high leverage pieces that I like to exploit, I guess, because you don't really, it was, you don't know how you're going to react to get punched in the face, but there's like some things that punch you in the fucking face. And then you get to see like where you're at, so to speak. And it, that, that's hard to come by nowadays because even with strength programming, and RPs and like subjective measures. It's like you're relying on the person to understand how much they truly have to give. And that's, I guess the value of a coach a lot of times is like, we assume that they have more. It might not be true, but I think that you can, I think most people can extract a lot more out of themselves. They just need the right, like you said, outlet to do that. And that's going to be different for everyone, but I'm obviously mm-hmm. biased towards you too. Jiu-jitsu and walking, but uh, I agree with the jiu-jitsu element, hundred percent. You you have to figure it out or you quit. So I mean, like those are the two options, really. Well, the cool thing is, like anybody listening to the show, I hope that they know that, like, if they know me from years ago, they'll know that I've tried a lot of different fitness modalities, and I truly don't Mm -hmm. care which one a person chooses, as long as they're applying themselves into it. Like, I've done yoga, I've done the spin, I've done those bouncy. classes i've done plotties i've done i can't even like i've done more than most people because i was connecting with different studios around the community and i just wanted to kind of like make friends and see what everything was all about and if somebody was like hey chris try this i'd be yeah i'll try it um and it's just if somebody can find something that they can really like channel themselves into great and then like if they wanted my insight as to why i chose what I chose, then I can share that with them and it might influence them one way or another. 
But if somebody's just being active, that's a win in and of itself. And there's a segue that I wanted to dive into because you're talking about people kind of like learning their potential um, Mm -hmm. and kind of like for the first time ever being able to actually like see it. Whereas otherwise, like, "Ah, I could never do that. And like, I've experienced that in my career. But the fun thing is, as like, for example, a lot of people that I work with have never tried strength training before. And so they come into it thinking, well, I don't know if strength training is for me, but I'll give it a try. Or they'll even be like, I don't know if like keeping an eye on my nutrition is for me because I have a tough history with it. And like, I don't have people meticulously tracking their macros and weighing their food and measuring stuff. It's more so like giving them an education behind what is in one dish versus what is in the other dish and how to increase the protein of your three meals of a day or what kind of things you can create that are snacks that might be more nutritious than the snacks you used to have and stuff like that. But nonetheless, I've seen people's transformation where they go from being that person that was like, I could never strength train. That's like way out of my scope. And all of a sudden they're buying like an adjustable bench and adjustable (laughs) dumbbells and they're doing like, uh, rear foot elevated split squats and they're liking it. And I'm like, you like strength training. I, I can see that now. Um, yeah. And then we build their confidence and all of a sudden they're switching their job. Like the funny thing here is I've actually gotten two people a new job in the last like six months. Uh, really? First, like we built their confidence and then we found other ways to improve their life too, which is just, to me, it's hilarious. I'm going to keep it going as much as I can. Yeah. I think like I'm not going to tell people that until they're ready. But I think a lot of people could could probably benefit from a career change. But that's scary too. Like we both done it. Like I was a teacher before this. Um, you dived into fitness. You basically you basically did exactly what everyone told you not to do. Don't quit your day job. You're like, no, fuck it. I'm quitting my day job. Well, like that's that's hard to do. But I mean, especially when it aligns with your your values and in in a lot of cases your confidence, you can kind of make it work. But that's not mm. advice. The advice is to do you, but I think it's nice to have, um, I don't even know where I was going with that, but basically I think people should change the jobs. <laughs> well, I can totally piggyback off that because I think about it yeah. quite a bit. I think about, like, I reflect on like, what would my life be like if I was still in that old career? It was yeah. like, I can't even begin to describe like how happy I am that I made the change. And that's even yeah. taking into account how much I had to like really struggle. Like, I was super, super, super broke, like more broke than I could possibly fathom. Um, I remember I like I'd have to when I was working at Central, I'd have to gather up all the change on the floor and then take it to the bank and then get it switched to cash and then go to the gym and pay in cash at the gym that I was in between the two other gyms. And like all these things, like barely being able to afford gifts for my niece's birthday and having mm-hmm. to go to the bottle depot to buy groceries. Like that's how broke I was. Yeah. And like, I couldn't do fun things. Uh, if somebody canceled on me, I might not be able to pay a bill. Like it was tough, but I wouldn't change it for the world because yeah. the trade-off is huge for me. Like I feel such a sense of fulfillment and I'm actually like positioned way better career wise than I would have ever been in my past career. Like by, like probably by 150%, which is crazy to think because it's pretty cool gig I got going. And 
So like, it's not going to be for everybody because not everybody has that like tolerance for stress and sort of ability to kind of pivot and bounce back and think on your feet and do odd jobs. Like I'll be the first to admit, I've done a lot of different odd jobs along the way. I took two contracts with Lululemon. I handed out coupons. Like there's so many things. Pardon me? You stop shoplifters. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Attack people. (laughs) Which is funny funny because like, like recently, like the Lululemon CEO, like the new one was like, yeah, like we, because they fired those two girls for like stopping the shoplifters. They're like, yeah, like we, we doubled down. Like what? This is crazy. But um, that pretty much happened. Didn't they tell you you can't do anything? You're like, nah, like we're doing something. Anyways, I have yeah. this habit in, in the retail space of stopping shoplifters. <laughs> I've done it at sports. Which is just kind of crazy, but like it's actually crazy. I, this has nothing to do with anything we're talking about. But it, it was, I remember like, did you, I don't, I may have come on the film of it somehow. I found it. And I was like, this, this is crazy. But I also know, like I, I used to work with retail. This happens all the time. It's nuts. And like, anyways, yeah, anyway, that's your odd job is like, you're, you're Batman, you're Lululemon Batman. Or <laughs> it's, it's just funny because like, ever since I've went with the bald look, I've almost yeah. taken on the role of like security, even though I'm like five, eight, I'm a little garden gnome, but yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm going to keep this place safe. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, that, that experience in and of itself I think probably increased my emotional intelligence and helped with my communication skills and it's just like every odd job along the way has made me a better coach Um, Mm -hmm. just made me more patient with people and helped me understand where they're coming from and like really helped me understand what it's like to be stressed or emotional or anything like that so if ever there's like brand new trainers listening they're like I want to do what Chris does like first probably don't do everything exactly what I do and second, go get some odd kept- jobs if you need to pay your bills because it probably helped you more than it hurts you. See, I would have kept your job and then got it. But that's that's me. Like that's what I mean. I think there's like a path for everyone. I think for you, it ended up working out good because you're you're too hard headed, <laughs> which is a good skill. It ended up being a good skill, but you rolled the dice and you won, which is which is good. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I think yeah, it was it was one of those situations where it wouldn't work out for everybody, but it just happened to work out for me because I was just stubborn enough. Um, well, I think this is the worst. I don't even. You probably talked about this. I think the worst thing was. I don't think you left your job great because your manager was. I'm gonna say he was a dick, and so you couldn't go back to that job. That was the only. I think that was the the probably what helped. If you could have went back, that might have stopped things. Because like ah, I could always fall back on this. So I think you were like no, nah, like you basically pieced out and then uh, like burnt it down afterwards. He didn't actually do that. But. <laughs> no, I didn't burn anything down. I'm a pretty good guy, but. I will say that there was a few opportunities where I could have gone back into the same industry and I came really, really close and then I didn't. Um, And for me that like knowing how much I didn't want to go back, I could only really grasp how strong that feeling was when I almost went back and I was like, no, I will eat shit for another year, do whatever it takes to, uh, enjoy what I do and have a sense of purpose. Um, And I think when I look at other people's careers, like I look at people I look up to and stuff, I'm like, you can see the up and down trends and you can see where they're thriving and when they're having a hard time. And it's just 
I think the secret ingredient to everything is just not quitting. Like even if you get your ass kicked, it's kind of like jujitsu. Like as a white belt, I'm never like the best person on the mats. I'm almost always getting my ass kicked. But if I don't quit, I'll get better. <laughs> you would say you the normal jujitsu one is like you you lose or you learn or you lose and you're you're always I don't know you you're always winning because you're learning. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, yeah, it's it's like a big reframe of like what success actually is. It, it really, I don't even want to say it humbles you because it kind of does, but it, it, or you're supposed to lose your ego. I don't even know if that's necessarily true, but you learn a lot of lessons because it sucks. And like mm-hmm. losing sucks, getting choked out sucks. All of it sucks. Like the jujitsu is a weird thing where like all the negative stuff that happens is like a positive because you won't do that again. And if you do do it again, it'll suck just as bad until for, for you, probably hard-headed. You probably make the same mistake a million times, but on million one, you're like, yeah, I got it. But you didn't quit. <laughs> so I don't I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but it's like you just don't have to quit. So it's it's kind of funny that way. The cool I, I thing probably you... would. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I don't even know what I was going to say. I was like, I probably would do – I'm like a little like, – like I said, I wouldn't have left my job, but I don't know if there's like an equivalent to that in jujitsu. <laughs> I watch a lot of videos, so I don't have to like learn the hard way. At the yeah. same time, I, I learned the hard way a lot because what I learned is don't look at YouTube. The YouTube Instagram stuff doesn't work if you suck. And so don't mm. do that. <laughs> well, my my little anecdote from my jujitsu experience so far, and I think I've been doing it like probably close to eight months now, which is cool. It's been Come a while. Yeah. It's, time is flying. Yeah. Um, but I learned that despite the fact that I think I'm pretty strong, I could actually be quite a bit stronger. So mm-hmm. when I would just get thrown around in jujitsu, I used that as motivation to push myself with strength training more and mm-hmm. just kind of used more machines than anything. Cause like if I, for a while I couldn't use the leg extension machine, probably for like six months, <laughs> I couldn't use the leg yeah, extension right. machine for four, more than 15 pounds. Yeah. Um, now I can use it again. <laughs> But in order to get to a place where I could, I really had to train my hamstrings exclusively more than I've ever trained my hamstrings. And then because of that, uh, I actually became way more difficult. Like my defense went, got way better. And I started just exclusively training biceps and triceps because if somebody tries to arm bar me, their technique has to be solid or else mm-hmm. it's just, they are now my bicep machine <laughs> and I'm just, Put in a rep, hold an ISO hold. Um, yeah, I but use, it's I just... use the iron neck. Same, same reasoning. It's like the iron neck. It's like my neck is strong. I'm always in a spot where I get choked out anyways. Now it's just a little bit harder to do it. <laughs> it's, I should probably just learn how to defend chokes, but like my, my, my meathead mentality, is I'm just going to get my neck bigger. <laughs> well, it, it's funny from my perspective, because I remember when you first got the thing and like, I know that you try everything. So I was like, okay, it's yeah, just like a short term. He's trying yeah. to thing. Or long term, you oh no, I'm seriously training my neck. I'm like, okay, say no more. Training your neck, yeah. and carry on. Uh, but now that I know what I know, I'm like, yeah, it's probably a pretty good idea. Like my neck, I don't know what it is. I'm just a thick, stocky dude, so my neck's pretty good so far. But the one clutch piece of advice I was given by a blue belt was, pick up the phone. So anytime yeah. anybody's coming close to choking me out, I pick up the phone and get my hand in there, and then they can't. And so I've thanked him profusely. It's probably the one thing that has helped me the most. And I'm always like, every time I do it, I'm like, oh, pick up the phone. 
And then I basically saved my own life with that one little cue. Yeah, that still sucks. That's the crappy thing about jujitsu. It's like you you won that battle of like not getting choked, even though some people can choke through it. But like, it still sucks. It's like you still lost. It's still like extremely. It's like the only difference is instead of it sucking a lot, it sucks averagely or it might even be worse instead of it extremely sucking it sucks a lot like that's the progression which is like in no other venture and maybe there is other ventures but like that's like a weird way of looking at things and so it's like it's like mm. you're happy with the result absolutely because the alternative would be i was i was going out my my lights were out and so it's like well, okay you won <laughs> you find little wins in in pain and suffering i guess because you're suffering less which is a weird, totally. weird, weird, yeah. So yeah, in it. past episodes, and I can't remember which one it was, but we've talked, I think this actually might've been the one in like 2018. Yeah, uh, don't, don't know happened that one. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the cool thing was we did talk about wholesome goals and stuff and kind of where you saw yourself. So you, I don't, oh, you weren't no. a dad at the time. That's clear. No. And yeah. so you're kind of mapping out what your future looked like and like, yeah. From what I recall, aside from the fact that you kind of created your own like version of BC in Alberta, um, yeah. you're pretty close. So like, what do you envision for yourself for the next period of time, whether it be five years or whatever? Uh, I'm like, I don't know. Because <laughs> I sold that boat. Uh, in, 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 I want to get another boat at some point. I'm just waiting for my stocks to go up which will take a while uh, at this point. But no, I think like professionally, I actually, I don't have any like massive career aspirations. You, you kind of saw, I re not necessarily rebranded, but I started betting on myself a little bit more by getting the website and putting up more content and just trying to get more referrals. So I mean, like trying to grow my coaching business um, and not relying on a company to, to feed me clients. I want to kind of be at the forefront and, and gather pieces so that I'm, I'm more sustainable on my own. I think that's like my biggest career goal right now because I want to be able to focus on just living and, and being a dad and doing jujitsu. Like I almost look at my career as a way to give me time um, to do those things. Cause like, that's all I care about at this point dead and living longer. Cause I'm just, I'm like a total sappy dad. I just want to be around. And so like th pretty much that, like the same, honestly, I haven't changed that much other than, I have a kid, but the goal is kind of still the same. I'm not looking to, I'm literally not looking to fill my life up with 12 hours of work. I'm almost like started with the end of mine. I want to like work as little as possible. I want to be passionate about what I do and I want to have some projects that I like, but I also want to be available to like actually enjoy the stuff that I've built and bought and do. Um, and so I, I guess that's my way of like looking at it is like professionally, I don't think I would change that much. I'm just going to have more branded towards what I actually do as opposed to working under someone, which I am still doing, but it's, 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 I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, still my brand essentially, but do the same thing I'm doing, um, that I've always done. It's just kind of, I want to, I want to put more content. That's not even with Instagram, not just isolated to Instagram. I want to kind of do my own thing. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty aligned with that because like we're in similar situations or working with other businesses. Like for myself, I work with three other businesses and it's it. a lot, but at yeah. the same time, it's kind of like being in internships. Like I learned so much as a professional because mm. I'm getting to see 
just like how other people do stuff and getting mm -hmm. um, some just like valuable experiences. But then for my own personal goals, I was like, I have goals of creating a couple courses. So one of them is I want to create a course that goes around like maybe a series of courses, but basically making it easier for people in the industry or outside of the industry to create their video or create their podcast or utilize AI. And it's like not necessarily designed for the people who are already doing it, but for the people who really, really struggle because not all people are good with computers. Um, yeah. And just kind of having something like that so that when people are asking me, um, how to do with stuff. I have something ready to go because more and more often people are messaging me, asking me for help and I always help them out, but I always need to gain back my time in some way. And then my other mm -hmm. thing is trying to find something to be the bridge between the general population that hasn't been to a gym to get yeah. them living a more active lifestyle. So like whether it be like sort of like a camping workout routine or like, uh, warm up before gardening like just finding the little window that could make strength training seem more realistic for maybe somebody who's elderly maybe somebody who just doesn't feel safe and comfortable in the gym and i just want them to see like the coolest thing is if you go to a gym that's super scary looking and you actually sit everybody down and talk to them a whole bunch of nice people it's just looks are super deceiving and mm -hmm. I've seen my clients have that realization. So I want to find a way to have them virtually learn that too, so that they take ownership over their fitness so that they find ways to um, have a better quality of life and that they can do it on their own time, on their own pace when they're ready. Um, and if it just happened that they gravitated towards my personality and my weird jokes, then they'd have something that they could use that could help them. So that's, That'd be my personal goals with the exact same like end goal is that maybe like when I'm 40 or something, my life might look different. I might have a wife and a kid or something like that, or maybe I'll adopt some kids out of a magazine or something. Um, <laughs> but I'll want my time back and in order to have my time back with inflation and all that stuff. I got to get pretty resourceful. So it's always cool to hear what everybody's kind of like, mapping out for their future and hear that we're like-minded with like our set of values and stuff, which is probably why we've gotten along for all these years. But, yeah. uh, but yeah. Like I'm not going to be a millionaire. Like I, I, I obviously like, like what I look at, like at the answer more specific, cause you had a way better answer than mine was like, I do want to like brand the get flux, but like, but more cause it's a passion project. It's like, I, I have, I see this thing kind of like you see with the exercise pieces that everyone believes, especially people who haven't grown up. Like we have like elder, elderly, older adults, but just the generations before us exercise was way different. And now they just see this as like, you have to be in the gym. You have to lift weights. You got to be powerlifting. You see these big muscular, strong people, both male and female. And they assume this thing, but that's such like a small subset. Like exercise is like a made up and B strength training can be whatever you want it to be. And like, I think that people, don't gravitate towards it because they think it's this thing when it's not this thing. And that's kind of like my avenue with the dieting piece and the nutrition, the fat loss pieces. Everyone assumes it's bodybuilding six meals a day or all these things that are just like they're true and they work, but that's not the whole story. And so just kind of 
I guess, carving a space out so everyone has a different option, right? And they believe a different option as a, opposed to assuming it's one thing. And I think that I think that's something we do very poorly as an industry because we push certain things so strongly and that everyone, especially general population who aren't into it like we are, assume that's what it is. And it's like, it's not what it is. There's like so many avenues for fitness and nutrition that like the loudest people are the ones being heard. It's like the loudest people are like one small subset of what is actually possible. And I think that that's cool. I think like in a way, like that's what my get flux movement is very similar to the, you can go do strength training while you're gardening or whatever, like whatever it is, like gardening in itself is, is movement and you're squatting up and down and you're like, like to, to me, that's enough. It's, it's, and so like, I think once people understand that, they don't have to assume that they're being failures in strength training when they're not crushing bench press. It's like bench press literally is good for nothing. <laughs> it's good. For, like in terms of like athletic performance, like there's very few times you're laying on your back, pushing someone up, maybe jujitsu. Um, yeah. That's my, but you know what I mean? So anyways, that's I, a very similar answer. So I'm, I'm redoing my answer to that. Um, is, is professionally, <laughs> I see things going outside of what I'm already doing. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so to basically make sure that our podcast isn't so long that people tune out, we're yeah, going to wrap it up now and we can chat more off air, but yeah, is there anything it. else you'd like to leave the audience with before we finish up the show? Yeah. Go, go listen to my other podcast with Chris. Cause it will kind of tell my methodology, but if you want to learn more about what I'm doing, Chris is very, very, um, he's like, you need to like get on some podcasts and talk about this stuff. So we, we actually didn't talk about it all. So that's fine. Get on my newsletter. I'm at getfluxed.com at Squarespace, but basically just go to my Instagram at walk.more.king and it'll link to all that stuff. But I do give a free, I'm going to sell it. It's not, I'm not selling anything because it's free, but for your email and signing up for listen to all the stuff I'm into and doing and, and all my stuff that I put out, you get a free rucking guide on how to include the basics of rucking. It's not everything, but it's, it's enough where you can do it and get the most out of I guess the high flux or the walking piece that I already kind of sell and, and just get more, even we talk about time, get more time back or don't invest as much time, even though that's probably what I shouldn't sell, but you can get the more, if your excuse is time, rucking is definitely going to be helpful. There, that's my selling pitch. Sweet. Well, thanks for coming back on the show, Dean. Yeah, dude, it was good. It was good. It was good to chat. Now we, we get a talk afterwards though. So everyone doesn't get a talk afterwards, but Chris and I do, which is yeah. perfect. <laughs>